Moving my head. Yeah. I'm laying it off. Love that too. I'm pronating. When you're not supinating. I'm clearing too early. I'm clearing too late. My God, my swing feels like an unfolding lawn chair. I look like a fool. What the hell do you think you look like shooting them chili peppers up Lee Jansen's ass? Well, we're waiting. What's up, golf fans, and welcome back to another Fairways and Dreams podcast. It is Tuesday, which means it's time for our two-man scramble podcast, and I have a very, very special guest on today, Don Donatello, who is a PGA Tour caddy. He's a good friend of my uncle, and that's how I got him on the show. So, yep. Don, welcome to the show. How are you? Thanks. Appreciate you having me on, and I'm um, doing well. I'm in mid Mexico. We have our uh, PGA Tour event here in uh, Mexico. Uh, hopefully, they keep coming back here. This is our third year here. Yeah, it could be a lot worse. Like you could be than the weather that I have right now where snow's on the ground. So it's not too much fun here. So Mexico's, I'm sure, a lot better. But I, I want to ask you, you're, you know, I did some research on you. I mean, a couple Google searches and you can find a, a lot about someone. Jeez. And uh, <laughs> and so uh, you have a great history in the game of golf as a player. I want to talk with you about that first before we get into the caddying and, and all mm-hmm. that stuff. You were a, you were a really good player. Give me a little bit of a background in your history as a player. Well, I didn't play. I didn't start playing golf until I was eighteen, my senior year of high school. I played baseball before then. Um, lost my grandfather uh, right after my senior year, so I didn't go to college. Uh, one of the kids on the team went to college, and he called me and said, "Hey, why don't you come play with the coach? I know you're playing really well." And so I went play with the coach. I shot sixty six. The coach gave me a full scholarship. Oh my gosh. And it was a little NAIA division in North Carolina. And I've never been to North Carolina and um, went to school there, went there for two years, had scholarships, to D one schools um, decided to turn pro didn't go to school after two years uh, proceeded to win over 70 mini tour events. I used to have 14 course records at one time. Uh, lowest round. I've done it twice. 60. I haven't shot 59 yet. Um, but also this is, you know, 30 years ago, um, I'm 55 now. So I don't care how long ago it was. You shot a 60. It could have been, you know, yesterday or 10 years ago. That's a 60. I don't care. I like, it doesn't matter. So let me ask you this question. Go ahead. You continue. One of, one of the reasons why I became so good. Um, I used the course that I played at, there were so many great players. I mean, I watched uh, Matt Kuchar grow up. Um, when he was in high school, played with him all the time. Another guy named Jeremy Anderson that played UNLV, also played on the PGA Tour. And then when I moved over to a golf course called Heathrow Country Club, um, I played a lot of golf with uh, Jim Thorpe, Fulton Allen, Donnie Hammond, Cliff Kresge, um, um, Fulton Allen. Uh, and these guys were all on the PGA Tour, and they would take me to play with other tour players. So I learned really quick that if I didn't play well, I was going to get my butt whipped. So I, I had to, you know, they helped me a lot to, um, I guess, round me who I who I am and why I, why I was successful, but came very close to getting on the PGA Tour. I missed the second stage of Q School by a shot. I've oh. uh, been the sectionals eight times for the U.S. Open qualifier and just didn't get it done. Um, yeah. such, such a fine line in this game. 
Well, let me ask. So you didn't start golfing until you're 18 years old. And, you know, you could take me around PGA pros until there's no more PGA pros left and I'm not going to shoot a 60. But did you find the game of golf easy? I think because I played baseball and the hand-eye coordination, even though the ball's sitting still, uh, the, the, the athleticism that you have to have to play baseball, I felt like it helped with golf. Okay. Um, and then when I first started playing golf, there was two guys that went to school with my dad. They both played professionally. Um, one was Jimmy Barber. The other one was Mike Smith. They both played on the PGA Tour, and they took me under their wing. And I got the correct lessons right off the bat. Okay. And I think that's one of the reasons why, like my first year, I was like the fifth best player in all of the high schools in the whole entire, my whole area. Yeah. Like you're talking about 10, 15 schools. I was the fifth best player. And that was my first year ever playing. But I think because my mechanics were so good, because I was taught correctly, that's why I wish more people would, if they took this game up, get lessons first before they take it up when, you know, so then they get the right grip, the right setup, the right posture, understand the fundamentals of the game. So they can, so they don't have to take big steps backwards to get better. Do you believe in the swing your swing strategy, which is now a big popular phrase in the game of golf where, Hey, everyone's going to have their own mechanics. Cause you see guys like Jim Furyk and you see other players, even that are very successful. They just have a very unique golf swing. You're more of so of like, look, you need to learn the right way, not so much tweaking what you do now. Would you agree? Um, yes, because those guys like Jim Furyk started a long time ago and um, they just found a way to play. Yeah. And the game has become so um, evenly uh, balanced that everybody's really good. And if you have one flaw that under pressure – causes you to not not play well it'll catch up to you in this game i mean these guys are really good now yeah um somebody asked me the other day why <clears throat> the difference between a long time ago and today players and the players today are much better than the players back in the day just because they have they're more athletic the other thing is they have track mans they have coaches they have sports psychologists they have trainers um, the average guy back in the day was five, 10, 160 pounds. Now the average height is once, uh, you know, six foot, probably close to 190, 200 pounds or 185, 190 pounds. So they're bigger. That's one of the reasons why the ball's going so far. Yeah. The ball helps a little bit. The club helps a little, but these guys are swinging a club, Yeah, you know, 182, 185 miles an hour ball speed back in the day there was probably only a few guys that actually did that. So here we go. Let's go back in your history. You've had all the success. You've mm -hmm. come to sectional, uh, you know, for the U S open, you've gotten the Q school. You're one stroke away. When did you decide, okay, I'm just going to go the caddying route. How did that even happen? So I had missed Q school, second stage of Q school. And, and, and if you've ever done it, you only have one chance to do it. And if you don't get it done, you have to wait the whole year to, to do it again. And uh, the club that I was at, you know, DeMarco was there and a bunch of great players. And DeMarco's parents uh, came up to me and said, you know, would you be interested in going and helping Chris keep his card? Chris DeMarco back in 1998. That's 26 years ago. 
And I said, you know, yeah, I mean, I'd like to see how good these guys are and see if my game kind of is as good as theirs. I know I play with the guys at home and, you know, I'm still shooting 65, 64, 66 with these guys, but I want to see what everybody else has got. And um, so I went out and started. That's how I started. Um, then Chris DeMarco came up to me and asked if I would do it. And I said, yes. And my first event, off I went to Greensboro, North Carolina. And, uh, and it was an eye-waking experience. I, I realized these guys are really, really, really good. I knew I was really good, but these guys are that much better. Um, and I know that seems like a little, but that's a lot at this game. And uh, that's how it got started. So I worked for him in 98, helped him keep his card. 99, we had a great year. 2000, I worked for a little bit for Andy Bean. And then I got itching to play again. And I uh, went to Hooters Tour Qualifying School, finished second, 17 under par. Um, got my card on the Hooters Tour, uh, mini tour, one of the biggest mini tours. Most of the guys that are on the PGA Tour played the Hooters Tour and uh, played out there uh, for a year just to see if I had what it took. Did, were you successful on the Hooters Tour? Um, did very well. Um, made cuts, uh, made money, um, didn't win that year. Um, but you know, kept my head up above water. I start, I play with my own money. Um, didn't have any sponsors. Um, and that's, that's very stressful, especially when you have a, a young family and I had a, yeah. just had a daughter, um, that was born. And so it wasn't easy, but, um, but I, I did do well. And then, um, I decided to go back to caddying again in 04, 2004. So let's go back. You, you, for those who are listening in audio, you didn't see when Don put his fingers up and said the difference between me shooting mid sixties and the pros, when you were out with DeMarco on his bag, keeping his score was just razor thin. What was yeah. the biggest difference in your opinion between those tour players and where you were in your game? I think mentally, mentally, really? these guys are really, really strong. The other yeah. thing is these guys can do it when they're under pressure. You know, anybody yeah. can do it when there's no pressure, but when you put a little heat on somebody, can they perform? And these guys seem to be able to get it done. It's, it's amazing. Um, some of the shots they hit under the most, most pressure, they get it done. Yeah. Um, but mentally, mentally being able to handle all the things that, that entail playing this game for a living, it's more than just swinging the golf club. Yeah. So something that a lot of people might, I, I don't, I know I did. I love the show, the big break when it was on yeah. television. Tell me how you got involved in that. You were in two seasons of the big break. Explain how you got involved and also four. Oh, four. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm, I'm sorry. I misread. Google was wrong. So you were on four seasons of the big break. Tell me how you got involved and what was that experience like? So there's 10,000 people to put applications in and 2,500 people did auditions. Okay. And so the audition entailed, um, you had to hit three drivers straight, uh, draw cut. You had to hit three, five iron straight draw cut. You had to hit a hundred yard shot. And then you had to hit about a 10 yard flop shot. Um, then you had to speak in front of the camera. Um, and if you had some people were trying to have some personality, they didn't some, I shot right from the hip. Um, make a long story short in 2004, that's 20 years ago. I got a call to be on the big break. Um, and the first episode was in Las Vegas. Yeah. And 
how did did you i mean what was the how that was the furthest you ever got on those shows so i i uh big break uh two which was the first one i made it all the way to the end um played 18 holes against a guy named kip henley who caddies out here uh we went two extra holes in playoffs and he beat me on the second playoff both of us hit the green in two par five i three putted he two putted uh he won like six exemptions on the uh Corn Ferry Tour, money, cash, car, a bunch of stuff. Yeah. And so did you say it was a good experience? You enjoyed it? Um, it definitely, it definitely put a lot of pressure on you because if you didn't hit one, if you didn't hit the shot correctly the first time, you were going home. Yeah. So you had to really fo focus on what you were doing. Um, and I think that's what golf's all about. It's uh you know, focusing on that one shot, doing the best you can, and then moving on to the next, the next challenge. And that's kind of what the big break is. They, they always had another challenge. I think the biggest challenge in Las Vegas, we were in the middle of the summer there. We taped for 14 days and we taped for 20 hours a day and we we're out in that heat. And if you've ever been to Vegas in the middle of the summer, um, we had camera guys going down. We had, um, the assistant director went down. I mean, you're talking about dehydration. You don't yeah. even know you're dehydrated. It's so hot. That's awful. Well, yeah. so the big breaks, your whole you know, four long, four season long trip with the big break ends. Did you ever think after that, maybe I want to give it another shot and try to get my card? <clears throat> so after big break um, four, I actually went back and tried to play again on the Hooters tour. And I was even more successful. I shot 23 under. I shot 17 under. I shot a lot of great scores. Um, one out there. Um, really thought that things were going to really change for me after big break four. Um, got a sponsor. Had some problems with my sponsor. Um, you know, I would shoot really good rounds with him and shoot pretty good. And then I had, you know. It was just really tough. Um, yeah. It was easier doing it by myself. But then I don't have to answer to anybody if I didn't have a good round. If I shot yeah. 70 or, you know, 71. Um, and I tried again and then back to caddying again in 08. So I did take a few years off there playing. Um, just to taste the waters again after the big break because of all the fame I had on there. I had a lot of people have interest in helping me. Yeah. So... Now, so after that 2008 year, you just said, I'm, I'm just going to caddy from here on out. Yep. And Start, so, yep. And so who, who are some of the bags that you've carried? Obviously you said DeMarco, who are some other uh, notable names that you've had caddied for? Well, 2008, I started with Kevin Na. Okay. <clears throat> and everybody knows who Kevin Na is. Yes. He's, he's a great player. He's on the live golf now. I uh, helped him for a while. Uh, uh, worked for <clears throat> guys like Eric Axley. Don't think you know him. Uh, work for help Billy Horschel get his card on the mm -hmm. PGA Tour through Q School. Everybody knows who Billy Horschel. Yep. He won the FedEx Cup. Great player, Ryder Cup player. Um, helped uh, Webb Simpson keep his card. He was going to lose his card at the end of the year. Um, <clears throat> we ended up finishing fifth at the last tournament to keep his card. And then um, he ended up winning a major, won over 20, 30 million after that. Only worked one week for him. We played pretty good, shot 63 on Sunday. Worked for J.J. Henry for almost five years. Helped Will Gordon get his card on the PGA Tour, who's a, 
a young and upcoming star. Um, and I helped him through a tough time. COVID time was a really tough time, not only for everybody else, but for uh, sports in general. Yeah. Uh, the way they uh, isolated people, no crowds, uh, basketball fans, had no, basketball had no fans. I mean, um, it was a tough time period in, in everybody's life, uh, you know, yeah, so in sure. traveling, you know, doing these tests, COVID tests before you leave and wearing the mask. And so, and then now I work for a really young, great kid. Uh, Alex Smalley went to Duke, um, Walker Cup or Palmer Cup or first, uh, first team All-American. Um, he's made about five and a half million dollars in the last two years. Um, just super, super kid. Now let's, let's talk about a day, like uh, the life of a caddy on the PGA tour. So here you are, you're getting ready for the Mexican open and uh, the Mexico open. And what's it like the week of all the way leading up to the first round? So what do you typically do? When do you get in? I'm curious about the minutia here. Well, we, we missed the cut last week at the designated event in LA. So we, we changed our flights to leave and come out, come in here on Sunday. Uh, okay. So we could play play nine holes on Monday because the grass is different here. It's past Fallon grass, and um, it's very wiry in the rough. Um, so um, we got here, played nine holes, practiced, trying to make some changes in his golf swing to make him even better than he already is. Um, he's gotten here, which is great, but you have to continually keep getting better. Everybody's getting better. Right. Um, and if you're not trying to get better as a caddy or as for as a player, then you'll be off this tour quickly. Um, but going out on the golf course, we play nine holes. We put the pins in places where they are. He hits putts, chips to them, um, writes the breaks in his book on how they break. After I finish with him for the day, I go back out on the golf course, shoot numbers. Uh, see where we don't want to leave the ball, where pins are, where the best places to leave the pins are. I also roll balls to all the holes to get all the breaks too, along with what he has. So then we're coming down the line. I have all the breaks. Um, then on Tuesday, again, we play nine holes, um, practice, keep working on, on everything we need to work on. Wednesday, like today, was a pro-am day. We play nine holes in the pro-am. Uh, after we get done, we practice, make sure we're ready to go. And, and then here I am, you know, in the afternoon talking to you, uh, <laughs> you know, and, uh, rest up for tomorrow and yeah. get ready to go to war. Yeah, no, that's, that's fascinating. How much, I'm sure every player you've ever worked with is different. When I ask this question, how much trust do they put in you for things like reading putts? Uh, or do some players just say, look, I'm going to read the putts you just stay in back unless I ask you a question. And is it, is it different per player? Yes, it is. And I think that what, what we're finding out is a lot of players and a lot, a lot of caddies out here are, have played on the PGA tour or have yeah. played at a D one or at a top level school wise. And a lot of them are very good players. And, you know, it's all about building trust uh, with your player. And, you know, the first time I got to work for Alex Smalley, he Monday qualified for John Deere. I didn't know him. I didn't know anything about him. And as you are with him longer, you, you, you start learning each other 
what makes each other tick. Right. And um, then all of a sudden he asks you to come in for a putt. He makes the putt. And that's how you develop a relationship. It's like anything. It's like a husband and wife. You know, you start dating. You start asking questions. You know, some of the things that she does, it doesn't aggravate you. So now you realize maybe she might be worthy to be and be your wife someday or, you know, or move on further. It's kind of, this is a relationship. I'm spending more time with this guy than I spend with my own family. Um, Last two years, we did over 70 events together. And um, that's a lot of time away from my family at home. Um, And so you, when you're around each other, um, you develop a relationship and trust. And he trusts me a lot. I mean, I help him with his swing too. Um, and that's very, that's very tough too, because it puts a lot of pressure on the relationship because if things aren't going well, uh, you can take the burden of that when you start doing other things and what the job requires. Yeah, absolutely. And, and that's, that's a phenomenal story. I, I do have to ask some very just standard questions. Is there, have you ever had a moment in a caddy at any time in your career as a caddy, I should say that, there was a big disagreement and it was kind of like a, not a blow up, but a big disagreement on the course. I I'm not going to go all the way to 10 cup where someone's disagreeing and they're breaking clubs over their knee. But at the same time, has there ever been a situation like that on course with you and a player? Well, I had a, I had a player that was incredible off the golf course, but on the golf course, he would turn into like an angry ant. And like we got on the first tour was the 10th hole and he, and I, told him what club I liked and he hit the club and he snap hooked it way left. And he says, Oh, for one, Don, good job. Great club. <laughs> we get to the second hole and he's got a sand wedge and I told him exactly how far he hits it. And he comes up way short, didn't hit it. Didn't even get it to the hole. And he goes oh, for two. He goes, man, Don, I wish you'd get your head out of your ass and start caddying. So I didn't say nothing. So to get to the third hole and he's got a flyer line. I tell him it's going to fly over the green. He goes, no, it's not flies over the green. He said, oh, for three. He goes, I, you might be the worst caddy I've ever seen. So I didn't say anything because it's, it's better that you don't argue because yeah. it only will make things worse. So we get to the fourth hole, which is, you know, 10, 11, 12, 13th hole. And it's a perfect nine iron, but he wants to hit wedge. It's 158 yards. So he pulls out nine snap hooks in the bunker. He goes, I've had it. He goes, you have got to be the worst caddy or you're having a really bad day. I set the bag down, took the bib off, started walking in. He started running after me. He said, Don, please come back. I'm sorry. I apologize. I won't do it again. Please come back and caddy. I said, no. I said, get somebody else to caddy for you. Guess what? There's nobody out here watching you. So carry your own bag. So to make a long story short, he coerced me to come back and I said all right I'll come back but I don't want to hear any crap from me I don't want you arguing just listen to me we proceeded to make five birdies coming in and shot 66 to par 70 (laughs) the rest of the week he played great but sometimes like this was a situation where I had to step up because I'd had enough and if you let somebody beat you up you know it'll it'll keep keep going you gotta almost stand your ground and that one time i stood my ground you know you're gonna say who that tour player was nope 
<laughs> I get it. I get it. Hey, another quick question before we go to our rapid fire segment is, has there not, not necessarily that you've worked with, who would you say, and if you might not want to say this now, that I think about it, but maybe if they're not on tour anymore, has there ever been a player really like, man, that guy is a giant a-hole. Like what a jerk he is. Is there a player that sticks out as, again, not that you've worked with, but just been around? There, there's a, there's some people out here. They won't even say hi to you. Really? They, they walk right by you like you don't even exist. Even players today, some of the older players were a little, a little crusty. But yeah. we have a lot of young players out here. They just, they just don't. They just think their shit doesn't stink. <laughs> they just, uh, the people around them have told them how great they are, and uh, you don't exist. I mean, yeah. they literally walk right past you. Don't even say hi to you. But it doesn't bother me. I, I have a job to do. I have one person I should care about and help be successful. And that's what I'm trying to do. Absolutely. And yeah. what about the nicest guy on tour? Like a guy that you always think back to, it doesn't matter if you were on his bag every day. What that guy does it right. Like what a nice guy. Is there anyone that fits that bill? Adam Scott, Webb Simpson. I mean, my players, an unbelievable person, Alex Smalley. Yeah. There, there's, there's a lot of good people out here just like that haven't changed. And right. I know how money can change people and fame and fortune and all that. These are the type of people that are the same people when they first got out here. And I think Adam Scott's been out here probably 20 years. And he hasn't changed one bit. We played with him last week. I even told him, said, you're incredible, buddy. Yeah. So Beautiful, beautiful golf swing. He's yeah, got one of the best golf, golf swing. Yeah. Just Absolutely. doesn't change. I mean, it hasn't changed. He striped it last week. Yeah, he played well. He played, he played well. Really well yeah. So we finished these up with a rapid fire segment. And I, I love the fact that if, if anything people got from this podcast is that some of these caddies are also phenomenal players themselves. Like, it, And you mentioned there's a lot of guys that are caddying right now on the PGA Tour that were on these mini tours and, and we're getting to stage two of qualifying school. So people shouldn't underscore caddies as if, you know, they're not capable players. They are capable players. And you were a capable player, as you said, already in the podcast. So these are just some quick questions about you and your game. So this okay. isn't about anyone you've caddied for. Okay. This is for you. And the, uh, let's start. You ready for this? Yeah. All right. I always ask this first. If you had the choice to ride or walk as a player, are you riding or walking? I want to ride. Okay. <laughs> Pretty just because I'm getting older. <laughs> <laughs> you probably walking up. Um, What's your take on music on the course when you're just playing recreationally? Uh, I, I don't like it. I, okay. um, I had a player that liked to listen to music all the time when we used to, when I used to caddy for him mm -hmm. and ma it made him relax and make, make the practice round better. But I don't, I think you lose your focus. You lose your focus and you need to be focused. And this is a job. This is a business. Yeah. What about, what is your, who's your favorite PGA pro of all time? Hmm. That's a really tough one. Gosh, you really got me here. <laughs> Favorite PJ tour pro of all time. I, I, I'm just going to say my boss now, Alex. There Smalley. you go. <laughs> Perfect. What, what do you think is the worst rule in golf? All the rules in golf, which is the worst? Mud on the ball. Playing, not with be, mud, playing with mud on the ball. I just, so think, I just think you hit it right down the middle of the fairway and you got mud on the ball. And I don't think that's fair um, yeah. that you just hit a really good shot. And then now you have to, 
play it 30 yard cut or 30 yard draw. Yeah. So I, I have to ask you as a player, what's in your bag? What clubs do you hit? What kind of clubs? Uh, well, my player plays ping. Okay. Um, and ping takes really good care of me. I've got ping driver, ping three nice. wood, ping hybrid, ping putter, uh, ping irons, but I do have Vokey wedges. Okay. There's nothing better than Vokey wedges. All right. Uh, you're not alone in that regard. <laughs> if you, as a player, if you're not hitting it well, is it a slice or a hook? Uh, slight fade. Okay. All right. Yeah. This it, is it, it, let me tell you something. You never sure. want the ball to go left. It's a bad <laughs> thing. There's, there's, there's only two words that you can say when it goes left, get down. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> Cause that's at the top spin. I agree. <laughs> yeah. All right. Now my next question might be tough for you as a caddy, but do you think Tiger Woods will ever win again on tour? Yes. Okay. All right. And I'll I'm tell not... you why just real Go quick while we're here. Sure. This guy's unbelievable. Yeah. If you would have seen how many people were out last week, it's, it's just, it's phenomenal. This guy's incredible. Oh, he's, and he's if you would have watched him hitting balls, he swings the golf club just as good as he, he might swing it better now than he swung it when he was in his prime. It's just the That's problem is, is can his body withstand it for four days, four days. Has he been kind to you on, have you ever had any interaction I, with him? I have been out with him. He knows who I am, but I don't bother him. I have yeah. gone up to him and asked him for autographs a couple times. And he said, I'll, I'd love to sign him, Don. But a lot of people stay away from him just because yeah. he likes his space. I get it. You know, he's 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 the goat. Yeah, absolutely. In golf, what is your biggest pet peeve? Slow play. Yeah, that's, can't that's stand a it. Can't, common denominator. Cannot stand it. I hate it. Um, it's just it doesn't take long to hit the golf ball. Yeah. So. The next question, you were a baseball guy. Baseball guys yeah. are known to have some superstitions, whether it's you do something before you hit the hit the ball, when you get in the batter's box, whatever. Did any of those superstitions, or do you have any superstitions in the game of golf? Zero. No. That's, what, that's what's so weird. <laughs> I, I don't – I have coins, but I don't really care what coin. Okay. I do have a coin that's 59 okay. because I never shot 59. So I have a coin that shot 59. So I thought if I kept on seeing the coin, it said 59 and shoot 59 never happened, well, but yeah. no, no, nothing. It's, it's weird. I never like put change in the right pocket or had to do something before I played. No, just go play okay. golf, hit golf shots. Go. All right. Do you have a favorite golf movie? Um, I, I like 10 cup. Yeah, it's great. I mean, I I, I liked it. I <laughs> mean, I, I, I think it, it's uh, somebody that was trying to to win a golf tournament, didn't care what it took to win, and yeah. he was going to keep hitting it until he got it done. And that's that's what life's all about, for sure. My next question is about apparel. So golf apparel has changed a lot, probably since you were playing. You see golfers on tour now wearing hooded sweatshirts, and yeah. it's just it it is visually different. What do you have? A, do you have a care about that? Are you more of a traditionalist, a purist, or anything like that? When it's cold, it's nice to have that hoodie. Yeah, I bet it. I it, you know what? It doesn't bother me. I think the only thing that bothers me are the tight tight pants down by the ankle. Ah, the jogger. I just don't think it looks good, and the guys with shirts untucked. Yeah, I think this is an etiquette game, and and uh, I think your shirt should be tucked, and then the etiquette's changed. I mean, as soon as those uh, tight pants came in, then people started leaving their shirt untucked. Right. More. It did, it did. Yeah. 
So speaking of etiquette, I have to ask you, what was your take on the audience and the, the, the crowd at the waste management? That's a crazy place, man. I've been there many, many times. I, it's just not golf. Yeah. It's not really a golf tournament. It's more of a party. Yeah. And I know they're yeah. trying to make it both, but when you have 643 calls or 642 calls from the police station that, that they have problems at a tournament, it's not a golf tournament. Yeah, I, and that's that's really putting it. And 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 I know it just it's got out of hand. They've made yeah. it just got out of hand, and unfortunately, I mean it's a great tournament. It's a great course. Yeah, I mean they ought to just build a structure there on sixteen and leave it up there for good. <laughs> I mean honestly, I mean make it permanent. Yeah, it's coming down here the next three months, and then they put it up again. Yeah. So all right. Let's go to the next question. You're a baseball guy, so you know what this is. If you could pick a walk-up song to the first tee, so you're on the tee, on the first tee, Don Donatello, and what song is playing for your walk-up song? Uh, oof. Let's see. Uh, um, man. <laughs> it's, a, it's a tough question for a lot of people. I it, ask is. it is. Because, <laughs> I mean... Oh man, you, you, you're stumping me twice. <laughs> uh, do you want to come back to it? We can go to the yeah, next let's one. Let's come back there. to that. Okay. Maybe it'll just click in there. You know, this is what happens yeah. when you start getting older. <laughs> Gray hair. <laughs> All right. Let's, what is your, if you're just playing again, recreationally, what's your favorite team format? I like match play. Yeah. I really okay. do. I think uh, when you're playing match play, uh, you're not really thinking about score. You're just thinking about, you know, beating that player, that player himself. Yeah. yeah. So uh, we'll have one more before we go back to the music question. I think I got the music one. I want okay. to come back to that. Very good. So uh, what did you pride your game on more like off the tee or putting short game Short game? I, I used right. to work on short game a lot. Um, I just felt like if I was going to be a little off, my short game was always going to save me. And when yeah. I was on, I was always going to shoot low. Yeah, um, and I think there's an art to short game. I I I don't feel, see the art to a golf swing, um, but there's so many different ways that you can hit a chip shot, height, trajectory, spin, yeah, draw spin, cut spin. There's so many li little ways by that you can do changing the ball positions and stuff like that, and hit so many different quality shots. It's a great way of putting it. I love that. Okay. Last question again. What's your walk-up song? Eye of the Tiger. Ah, uh, <laughs> Survivor. I don't even know if you've even heard that one. Oh, I've heard that Survivor. <laughs> everyone knows Eye of the Tiger. Come on. <laughs> now, everyone always, I've had people say, well, Jeff, what's yours? I've always said Walk of Life by Dire Straits would be my ideal uh, walk That's a song. good one. Yeah. Yeah. But that's, a, that's kind of a baseball thing, you know? I mean, I was a baseball guy as well. You said it translated into really good golf. It didn't really yeah. for me in high school, but still. <laughs> Nonetheless, Don, uh, I really thank you for taking the time. You are literally on the PGA Tour caddying, and you took the time to talk with me, and I don't take that for granted. Uh, is there anything that you want to plug, social media channels, uh, any causes that you're out there trying to support, like anything at all? I, I um, you know, I... Uh... There's a lot of people in this world that struggle with depression. Mm -hmm. Depression's a real thing. There's plenty of people that have died from depression. Yeah. And I think that you should be kind to others. 
because you don't know what that person's going through in life. Yeah. Um, and I think that, uh, that would be it. I think, uh, know that there's people out there that are going through a tough time and we should, we don't know what, what they're going through. It's a great, great, Treat everybody great way kind. To, yeah, for sure. Thank you, Don. And big thanks. Shout out to my uncle, Dave Stuckey for setting this up. Uh, he's a legend. He's a legend. So he is. <laughs> thanks, Jeff. Don. I appreciate it. No problem. Have a good one. And we'll see you on Thursday on another Fairways and Dreams podcast. Take it hopefully easy. We win, hopefully we win this week. That's right. Big shout out. See you later. See ya.